This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. There is no one greater than you. You are greater than the greatest. You are mightier than the mightiest. You alone are God and besides you there is none else. Father, we thank you. As we look into your word of life this morning, uh, Jehovah, please speak to us. Open our eyes of understanding and show us the reality of Christ. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, towards the end of the year, I, I want to say maybe October time frame, uh, the Lord dropped in my heart because I, you know, from like July, August, I begin to seek the face of the Lord. Lord, what are you saying for the new year? Uh, what's your plan for us? And God said to me that the year 2024 is going to be an up year. Amen. Okay, five people. Amen. It's going to be an up year. What, what, what does that mean? It means... I am going higher. Amen. Uh, you are going higher. Amen. You know, the important thing for us to note is when the Lord gives a word to the church, what constitutes the church is not the IRS filing. What constitutes the church is the people, is you and I. So if, if God says it's an up year for the church, it means it's an up year for me. It means it's an up year for you. In the name of Jesus. And that is one of the reasons why we started with this series this year. Amen. Because many people are struggling with, with stuff. You know, like they say, uh, a number of people are stuck in the rot. Stuck in the rot. But we need to get out of the rot. And that's why we're talking about rebuilding the waste places. So as we continue to talk about rebuilding the waste places today, I want to say to somebody today that you will arise Amen. even from the dust. The, the clear scripture God gave us, I shared with us at the Holy Ghost, I mean, at the crossover service, Isaiah 52, verse 2. He said, Rise up from the dust. You will rise up from the dust of sickness. Amen. You will rise up from the dust of lack. You will go from lack to abundance. In the name of Jesus. You will go from sickness to health. In the name of Jesus. Everything that is in your way right now, God will make room for you. If you believe it, I want you to shout the loudest hallelujah. Amen. 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 You know, as I was praying this morning, uh, the Lord said, you know, you, you pray about these things, you forget the students. For every student under the sound of my voice, you will go from academic failure to academic excellence. In the mighty name of Jesus. You will go from failure to unimaginable success. In the mighty name of Jesus. This is your year. If you believe it, say it for yourself. This is my year. This is my year. This is my year. Amen. So a quick recap, because we know there's always new people, but I'm going to go fast. You know, I'm just going to read the recap that I wrote so that uh, I don't 
take too much time doing that. Number one, part one, we talked about recognizing the desolation. And in recognizing the desolation, I basically talked about two things. Acknowledging the desolation, acknowledging there's a problem. Most people have not acknowledged, acknowledged the problem, and therefore they have not uh, uh, taken steps to fix it. So acknowledge, and the number two thing is repentance. We looked at the prayer of uh, Nehemiah very briefly. Number two, I said, is a, uh, a call to rebuild. Call to rebuild is a call to prayer. A call to prayer, a call to strategic thinking and planning. Amen. And we saw last time how uh, uh, Nehemiah had a plan. It was obvious he had a plan because when the king was asking him questions, he didn't say, let me come back to you on that. He had thought about it. He planned it. Amen. Uh, may God help us think and strategize better this year. In the name of Jesus. And secondly, uh, he asked the king what the king did not he asked a question of the king that the king did not include in his request. He said, Lord, uh, uh, king, would you please give me letters to the governor on the west of the Euphrates River? And the king obliged him. Not only that, he also thought about, we're going to need timber. We're going to need resources. King, would you please give me a letter to the manager of the king's forest? The king obliged. And then, the thing he didn't ask, the king still gave to him. He gave him private security to escort him uh, uh, on his journey. Amen. Today, we're talking about overcoming opposition. Overcoming opposition. There's a fallacy that if, there's, if it's the will of God, there will be no resistance. Big lie. In fact, the very fact that it's the will of God is the reason there will be opposition. So the enemy will resist you anytime you are trying to do the will of God. Maximizing potential fulfilling destiny will cost you. Amen. But with God, all things are possible. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, the Bible says, Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, will suffer persecution. Amen? He said, if you want to live for Christ, you want to live for God, you will suffer persecution. You want to do the, the will of God for your life, you will suffer persecution. You want to give it all up and say, Lord, all for you, all to Jesus, I surrender. There's going to be what? Opposition. There will be opposition. It's not like you are going around looking for trouble. But when you are in the will of God, one way or another, trouble will find you. Yes. But one thing you are assured is victory. Somebody say, I have victory. I have victory. I have victory. I have victory. So the enemy will resist you from accomplishing the goals God has set for your life. From what we have studied so far, and I will, I will, I will encourage you, Read the book of Nehemiah. Read along and read ahead. You know, right now we're settling in chapter 4 there. About, we're going to skip chapter 3. We've done chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. You know, there's many approach you can take to talk about Nehemiah. In fact, in a lot of parlance, uh, 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 Nehemiah, the story of Nehemiah is used to do uh, leadership training. 
because he's an exceptional leader, a servant leader. But we're not looking at his leadership style. We're looking at rebuilding waste places. Amen. In all of his strategy and planning, I, I doubt he, he had Sambalat and Tobiah and the Arabian Geshem in his scope. He didn't have them in sight. But the moment he landed, that was what he encountered. Can I tell you something? As you go on your journey, rebuilding your waste places, and I said waste places can be anything. It could be a career. It could be a, a job. It could be a family situation. It could be your relationship, your marriage. It can be anything. Whatever it is, I want to assure you that no matter the kind of plan you put together, you thought about it, you meditated, you, you laid everything, you considered all the scenarios. As you get on that journey, you still find some bumps on the road. The fact that there are bumps on the way does not mean you went outside of the will of God. Because that's the point some people give up. They say, well, if God is in it, it shouldn't be this hard. <laughs> it's this hard because God is in it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because all the forces of heaven... I mean, of, of hell, he's not saying, no, we can't have that. We can't give them another win. We can't give them another testimony because they know us. They know that third Sunday, you're going to come out and brag in the name of the Lord, of course. He said, we can't give them another win. So they, no, 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 no. We can't have another testimony to encourage somebody else like uh, uh, Wale encouraged us this morning. So his best plans could not take care of Sambala, Tobiah, and Geshem. You know, uh, the moment he landed in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, just want us to look at that very quickly before we jump into the topic for today. It says, when I came to the governors of the province west of Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letters to them. The king, I should add, had sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. One of the things you will find is if you are on a journey at God's instruction, no matter how hard that journey is, along your way, you will find helpers, people that will nudge you, people that will say, oh, no problem, I can help you with that. I mean, the, problem, the issues are still there, but you are finding solutions as you go along the way. Amen? Uh, verse 10. Verse 10, the Bible says, But when Sambalat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite official, heard of my arrival, they were very displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. Watch this. Very concerning for me. So, it means they recognized the problem that the children of Israel had. They understood that they were in distress and they were, their situation was disgraceful. They acknowledged that. They couldn't help them. And when somebody else came to help them, they were displaced. Friends, you know what I found out about life? And this is not good people, bad people. I, I, you know, I, I, I said, Lord, just help me so that, put, give me filter so that I will say it right, that it doesn't sound wrong to people. I'm serious. There are certain people in your life right now, 
The only reason they have room in your life is because they are able to help you. Once you can now help and do for yourself, they lose their place in your life. They, they don't have to, but they feel like... So, watching them suffer and pitying them, oh, 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 these Jews, ah, their God has forsaken them. Oh, look at them. Oh, oh, my shit. Oh, so, oh. you know, that, that's their role. That was their job. So, they are not looking at that. So, if they help these people, who will we be doing? Oh, oh. <laughs> who are we going to do that to? Watch. In verse 17 and 18, the Bible says, but now, so Nehemiah, when he got to, when he got over there, you know what he did? It, it, it took time privately. He didn't announce anything to anybody. Strategic. Many of us, we share the dream before the dream is ready. We share the dream before it is ready for prime time. Watch this. Say, but now I said to them, he called the uh, people, the leaders and everybody together, and he's trying to corral them to do this thing that he has come to do. Say, you know very well what trouble we are in. Listen to his language. He's saying we are in. He's not in tr that trouble with them. Remember, he came from the palace. But... He, he came with the intent to rebuild the wall, but he understood he could not rebuild the wall by himself. The waste places of your life, you cannot fix all by yourself. If you could handle it, it shouldn't have gotten to where it is right now. You need help. And you need to know how to address people for them to feel what you are feeling and be able to empathize with you. He said, you see how we are in trouble. And then he said, Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us, he didn't say, I have come to rebuild. He said, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Everybody he was speaking to could see themselves in that situation. If you cannot give a pitch to somebody for them to be able to see themselves in their vision, uh, in your vision, you just say, I have this vision, my vision, my vision, my vision. Nobody will buy into it. They have to be able to see themselves in it, to be able to empathize and say, you know what? This is a cause worth fighting for. Amen? Watch. Some people as you are rebuilding, like I said earlier, as you are rebuilding and success comes, some people will not be able to stand your success. No matter what you do to the contrary to prove to them that I'm not proud, I'm still the same person, I'm still Koye. I'm still, I'm the same Koye that we used to hang around. You know, I'm the same person. They say, oh, uh, uh, oh, so now you have something, you think you have something, nobody can talk to you again. No, it's just that you can't talk to me the way you used to talk to me. 
Why? Because levels have changed. God has lifted me up. If a young girl gets married and is now a mother of a child and you still continue to address them the way you, you, you used to address them, you have not done right. At least you give them some respect. She's married. She's somebody's wife. Show some respect. Amen? So, listen. I'm telling you, because I have it under good authority, at least 20 people in the house today, your life will take a dramatic turn for the better. Amen. Listen to me. It will be too much for some people to handle. Too much. But you just make sure your heart is right. Make sure your heart is right. Because pride can come in truly. Pride can come in. Make sure your heart is right. If your heart is right, it really doesn't matter. You know, humble yourself, go about your business, and, uh, and so on and so forth. Let's open to Nehemiah chapter 4, 1 through 9, very quickly. Nehemiah 4, 1 through 9. Sambalat was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. Listen. He flew into a rage amongst the Jews. There are corollaries in our lives that we have not noticed, and, and I'm going to make the point shortly. Saying in front of his friends and the Samaritan army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they are doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charge ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone wall will collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. Then I prayed, hear us, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads. And <laughs> okay, amen. In Jesus' name. <laughs> for, they, for they have provoked you to anger in front of the builders. At last, the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city for the people. Had, had worked with enthusiasm. But when Sambalat and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. Verse 9, but we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Friends, every time you are on a journey to a great place, there will be opposition. Yes. You know, what I've done today is I want to use, because I'm familiar with it, I've been, I've been on that journey myself. I want to use the life of an immigrant as an example here, when you just immigrated to wherever you have immigrated to, in my own case, I immigrated to America. In Nigeria, before I came, I was a professor at the University of Ibadan. Yes. 
had my office, had secretarial staff. I, I, mean, I was doing pretty well, you know, but for wife, you know, I didn't have wife. <laughs> but now God has blessed me with wife. I had to relocate. In fact, for one year, I was debating, should I stay, should I not stay, should I stay, should I not stay? So coming here, when you arrive, one of the things that is going to happen to you, depending on where you land, the circle into which you land, it will determine the kind of progress you are going to make, at least for the first few years. If you land with hustlers, you will think life in America is about hustling. It is not uncommon that they will tell you when you just come, oh, you have to do a job. You have to work uh, McDonald's. You have to work security. You have to do this. You have to do that. With what I know now, if I knew what I know now then, the first three years, everything I did, I would never do. Because there was no need for it. There was no need for it. Especially for those that you came to join your spouse. You know, if the couple came together, like Mario and uh, Ben, that's a different ball game. You know, they are here with two children. <laughs> that one, you will need to put security. <laughs> Unless you have a sponsor. <laughs> Unless you have a sponsor. But I, I want to make sure I'm framing it in a way that makes sense. You know, you came to join spouse. That spouse was surviving somehow before you came. So why would you then begin to do McDonald's? McDonald's to support you. How much income can you make working McDonald's? I mean, no offense to working McDonald's. Amen? Especially from where you're coming from. So, when they got there, I want you, the first thing I want you to, I, I said dealing with opposition. The number one thing I want you to know about opposition is opposition is graduated. Usually, it starts with mockery. <laughs> What's wrong with you? They scoff at you. They say, how dare you think that big? When did you even come? You that just came. You are thinking that big. Ben can bear witness. He said, no, you can't do that. That's too much. You are still new. Go and be flipping burger for now. They begin to mock your idea. They begin to scoff at your idea. They begin to tell you that it is impossible. You know why? They are not too far off because it was not that way for them. Nobody can give you advice beyond where they are. So make sure your advisors are people that are around and about where you are going. If the people are advising you, you are in the same location with them. That's not your advisor. Come on, <laughs> you are in the same stage in life. What advice do they have to give you? Say, let me teach you how to build church. I've never built one. I can't teach you. I've had stories. I can tell you horror stories that I've had. You know? That's all you can tell. So make sure... The people you are talking to, they are not people. Let me just say, just make sure you talk to people that are where you are going. They are already at the destination. You are now asking them, how do I get where you are? What's the process? What's the roadmap? 
So they started just mocking them. No, you can't do that. Look at you, you feeble Jews. Not only will they mock you, they will mock your vision, mock your plan, and mock your faith. He said, do they think by offering a few sacrifices, they will just build the wall? They will tell you, this is America. You are in America now. All those church, church things you did in Nigeria, you can't do it here. Matter of fact, there was a pastor. Pastor. Got here and said, all of that was for Nigeria. All the prayer and all the study and all of that was because he was looking for something. That is why we have emphasized again and again, make sure you have a relationship with Christ. Every other stuff is fluff. 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 Without prosperity, I can make heaven. But I want to make heaven with... uh, You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Amen? (laughs) The Bible says if your eye is causing you to pluck it out, it's better for you to enter heaven handicapped. Is somebody following me this morning? They start with mockery and scoffing. When David became king over all of Israel, go and read the scripture. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17. The Bible says immediately, the Philistines, they gather together. They say, it cannot be. Let's go kill him. Amen? Before the Philistines, the Jebusites, they were saying, oh, look at you. You think you can? Yeah. <laughs> the Jebusites. <laughs> the Bible says, they, they, <laughs> my wife is from Jebel. Jebel. <laughs> Hallelujah. They said to David, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 6, they said, you will never get in here. Even the blind and the lame could keep you out of here. They scorned him. They scoffed at him. Don't mind the mockery and the scoffing. Keep on looking. Keep on searching you will stumble upon somebody that will give you the right advice. Amen? In March, we're having Empowerment Weekend. Take time off. All the bugger flipping cannot get you to where you want to be. I'm telling you the honest truth. Watch this. They scoffed at Jesus. You won't be the first, and you will not be the last. From scoffing, it graduates to rage. It starts getting irritated by you. As the more you talk about that thing you want to do, they say, you better get your head in the right place. You know you left people at home. They begin to get irritated. In fact, if they really love you, they will even get people to come and talk to you. They let them talk sense into your head. And I can guarantee you, the people that are talking sense into your head, they are in the same place where they are. You better wake up, that's right. And then, if rage doesn't work, it will graduate to sabotage. 
I said, I, I know why you are flexing. It's because you are living rent-free. Wow. I, that's why you are flexing. They begin to sabotage you. Lift up your right hand to heaven and say, Lord Jesus, my life is in your hand. My today, my tomorrow is in you. I trust that you will work it out for me in the name of Jesus. Paul said, Philippians 1.20, he said, I am I have full confidence, full confidence that everything is going to be all right. Everything, everything. The way I'm talking now, you know, it's possible somebody is thinking in there, ah, pastor, it's okay for you to say that now because levels have changed for you. I preached the same way 15 years ago when it was really, I was broke and busted. I preach the same sermon. Right. This is not the first time I'm doing Nehemiah teaching. Same sermon because I have the same confidence. It may not be happening now, but it's only a matter of time. Yes, Lord! It's a matter of time. Sabotage. Nehemiah 4, 11. He said, meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swap down on them and kill them and end their work. What they are really against is the dream. Remember the brothers of Joseph. What were they after? His dream. They said, let us kill him and see what becomes of his dream. What the enemy is attacking is the dream. And the people is using, don't focus on the people. There's a spirit behind everything. Jesus. Focus on the spirit. Yes. Deal with the spirit. We're going to get to it very quickly. <laughs> All right, let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. They, they, they sabotage. They said, we just go gather together an army and destroy them. But as we were reading Nehemiah 4, 1 through 9, if you notice... Every opposition, they had just one response. They didn't speak back to the opposition. They spoke to God. That's the lesson I want you to take from today. When somebody is resisting you, don't say, I will resist them back. In fact, back in Nigeria, there's something my pastor used to say, you know, where you want to say, I mean, wait. The singles at the time, you know, we want to have uh, some kind of event and we need money and this, and we go to the pastor. He will say, you have to meet me in the spirit. <laughs> you have to meet me in the spirit. When you meet me in the spirit and it is resolved in the spirit, it will happen physically. He said, this one that we are going back and forth is because you have not met me. Meet them in the spirit. Once they push back, they, they show their irritation. You see, this, is, this thing is getting worse. Just stop talking about it. So what are you doing now? Just as you have said. <laughs> Walking through it. And continue to explore and do your research. Listen, 
Nehemiah's immediate response to the opposition without fear was prayer. Prayer. That is why a prayerless Christian is a dangerous Christian. Dangerous. You're living a dangerous life. You, you can say, oh, but I'm not engaged in any battle. The day you accepted Christ, you engaged in a battle. The battle started. Why? Because you are on opposite camps now. This camp hates this camp. Head button. Watch. He turned to God as a source of strength and wisdom. In our own lives, when we face challenges and opposition, we must follow Nehemiah's example. The opposition you are facing now is not God teaching you anything. It's just natural. It is bound to happen. Amen? All you need to do is take it to the Lord in prayer. Amen? The God that has control and power over everything and every situation can deal with that situation. They went to Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 20. He said, I replied, the God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall, but you have no share, legal right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. They turned to God. Nehemiah 4.4. Then I pray, hear us, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads. Uh, I know you will do that. <laughs> and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins. For they have provoked you to anger here in front of of the builders. The only advice I have for you, don't pray that part. Yeah. <laughs> pray that God will touch their heart and they will know Jesus. Amen. Isn't that what we're doing? America for Christ. Listen, this is one of the things that makes me really curious. Somebody refused to help you. They can, but for whatever reason, they refuse to help you. So you're down here, you want to get up here, they refuse to help you, now God has taken you here. Why are you beefing with that person? Because God still did it. The testimony is what God did, not what the person did not do. That's not the testimony. They te you, know, I, I, you know, I hear it when people are sharing testimonies. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, but God did it. No, the testimony is what God did. In spite of all the opposition, in spite of all the resistance, in spite of everything, you still made it. You still made it. Never would have made it. I lost range. It's been a long time. Number three. Number three very quickly. Number three very quickly. You must stand firm in faith. Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible says, 
that we must put on the whole armor of God. Amen? We must do what? Put on the whole armor of God. And he began to list them. Amen? He said you must put truth, guard your waist with truth. Have on the breastplate of righteousness. Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. And above all, take on the shield of faith. You know what this tells me? If I am broken, I need to fix me first. I, I neglected to mention this. The number one opposition you must deal with in your life is yourself. Self-doubt. Self-doubt. Satan will always cast aspersions in your mind. Will always consistently tell you. And every small mistake you make, you say, you see, it's not for people like you. I'm serious. I'm serious. There's a story I told many years ago, many, many years ago. I, I've forgotten the details of the story, but true life story. And I, I believe it is worth mentioning here. There was a, a kid in school. They, you know, those essays, what do you want to become later in life and all of those things. This child said, when I grow up, I forgot what it was. Let's say I want to have a private zoo. How about that? I'm just making this up now. So I want to have a private zoo. The teacher looked at it and said, private zoo. He said, go have nonsense. Go and write something else. So from where to where? So the kid said, I'd rather score a zero. This is what I want. This is what I want. Do you know, years later, the kid is grown and has built the private zoo. The teacher is still teaching. Brought her students on excursion to her zoo. Wow. <laughs> she saw her. The teacher did not recognize her. Wow. And then she went and introduced herself. I said, ma'am, do you know me? I said, no. She told her the story. And that little girl, you told, cannot do it. She broke down in tears. Of course, now she's old and elderly. Broke down in tears. Guess what? That was her own dream that she could not realize. And because she couldn't realize it, she said, you can't do it either. Listen to me. We can learn from people's life, but people's life story does not define you. Oh, you didn't hear that? Their experience does not define you. That is why I, I, I really, I hate people telling me about other people. Oh, that person is so terrible, you can't do this. You know, because I know how I think. Whatever you tell me, the next time I see the person, that's all I'm saying. You know, so I'm very careful. I don't let people tell me stuff like that. Let me experience this person myself. 
Because your experience does not define my experience with them. The dynamics is different. It's different. Stand firm in faith, people of God. Stand firm in faith. Say, above all, have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Stand firm in faith. Trust God. God is with you and your purpose, and you will prevail. You will prevail. Number four, very quickly, as I wrap up, I said, you must have, when you want to overcome opposition, you must have practical, real guards, precautions in place. You know, last week I talked about reckless faith, unreasonable faith. When you read this story, because of time, the Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 17, it says, faith without works is what? Dead. Dead. The fact that I have faith is the reason I take action. Faith does not mean, okay, I have, God will do it. I know God will do it. Then I fold my arms. Say, little by little, poverty will come like an ambush, uh, arm robber. Thank you. Listen. What did Nehemiah do when he heard the sounds of war? The Bible says he divided the people into two columns. There were people that were working, and then there were people that stood guard. They stood guard. They were protecting the work. They were protecting. Even the ones working were working with one hand, and then they have a weapon in the other hand. He didn't say we have prayed. God is with us. Let's just go. God will do it. Many dreams have crashed because people have not taken practical precautions. Practical. What does that mean for you and I? Put pen to paper. Do research. People that have done this thing that I want to do, how did they do it? How did they succeed? What were their pitfalls? What were their mistakes? Why? What's the point? Somebody already experienced that failure. Why do you need to repeat the failure? In science, you know, many, many of you don't know this about me. I have over 10 published papers in peer-reviewed journals. In research, if you have an idea, you want to research something, the first thing you do is what we call literature, uh, literature search. You do a literature, uh, literature search. <laughs> Literature search. <laughs> you do a literature search. If somebody has done it and it didn't work, it's not an experiment you want to do. So you want to start where others finished. Unless you have other aspects of the same thing that has not been looked at that you want to look at. Amen. One of the studies I did was the effect of melatonin on the physiological parameters of the body. I looked at different things. In the tropics, when I came here, the guy that I was going to work with, he's doing exactly the same studies, but he's doing it in a temperate region. So I was going to collaborate with him. But long story short, I'm here preaching to you. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
you must put safeguards in place. There's no point in repeating other people's mistakes. Some people have done that thing and they have found out how it doesn't work. When they asked Thomas Edison, he said, you have tried this thing for so many times. hundred times, it, is, it has not worked. He said, you have failed. He said, no, I have not failed. I have discovered a hundred ways by which it will not work. He kept at it. And he came up with the invention. That's why we have light. Today, he's, at least the foundation for, he, or for it was given <laughs> heat. <laughs> That's inside joke. <laughs> I praise the Lord. In conclusion, listen. Real quick. How many of us you have, have ever done DIY project at home? You know, you tore things down and then you are putting things up. How many people know that when the job is half done, so you've, you tore the thing down and you have put up the new one and it's looking good and you look around and there's so much rubbish on the floor you just get tired. You get overwhelmed. In fact, sometimes, at least for me, I wait till the next day to clear up the rubbish. I'm like, <laughs> let me know. At least the thing is up and it's working. It's good like that for now. That's where the Jews were in chapter 4. They had built the wall. It's halfway all around the city because of the strategy of Nehemiah. And by this time, everybody's getting weak. And don't forget, opposition everywhere. Nehemiah 4, verse 10. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired. And there is so much rubble to be removed. We will, not, uh, we will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. I have a suspicion in my spirit that somebody here is up against that wall right now. You've done so much and it seems like this is just too much. It's overwhelming. If that is you, I have a word for you. Psalm 18 and verse 2. Psalm 18 and verse 2 said, The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. I want you to rise to your feet. Rise to your feet. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.